guys. Welcome to Bringing Reading Back, a virtual book club podcast where we hope to rediscover our love of reading. Now you're listening to a pre-pod episode. This means that tomorrow we'll be releasing our more in-depth discussion of this book. However, if you can't be bothered to read it before then, we're going to tell you the summary now. So stick around and BRB for now. Welcome to Bringing Reading Back. I'm Tori, joined by my two co-hosts. Hey, I'm Danielle. Hey, Andy. And this is the pre-pod episode of The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime by Mark Haddon. So let's jump in and talk about what happens in this book. So first things first, there's a boy named Christopher. He's 15 years old, and he's out walking in his neighbor's garden, and he finds a dog that's been killed. It has a pitchfork stuck through it. While he's out there holding the dog and the dog that's now dead, the woman who owns the dog comes out and starts screaming. Her name is Mrs. Shears, and she's his neighbor. Uh, She ends up calling the police on him, and when the police show up, he... um, they ask him, you know, did you kill the dog? And and he says no. And one of the police officers puts his hand on him. And Christopher doesn't like to be touched. So he, like, knocks the police officer back um, and is then, quote, unquote, arrested and taken to the police station. Um, and when he gets to the police station, they empty his pockets. And he waits in his cell for his father to get there. And once his father finally does get there, he sits down and um, Christopher and his father and the police officer sit down and chat together. And the police officer basically says, you know, listen, I know you didn't mean to hurt a police officer. I know it was an accident. And he uh, makes a comment where he says, but it wasn't an accident. I meant to hit him because he didn't want to be touched. The police officer finally decides that he's going to give Christopher a caution and basically says, you know, don't do it again. If you do it again, we'll have problems. I was just going to say, I think it's a really good time to mention that Christopher is um, pretty severely mentally disabled. Mm-hmm. He we has some kind yet, but, of um, learning disability. We're just not sure, sure what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Social disability. Um, he can't read people's facial emotions. He can understand like four of them. Mm-hmm. Um, sadness, happiness, a little bit of confusion and kind of surprise, but not very well. Um, he can't really read social situations. He cannot lie. Uh, he has a lot of quirks, like he won't eat anything that's yellow or brown, and he won't touch anything that's yellow or brown. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is why, when he was in the police station, he can confidently say, like, no, I meant to hit him. Like, any person who is socially aware would be like, oh, yeah, huh, winky face, accident, uh, but the fact that he just doesn't understand social situations uh, is what helps him. Yes, guess, absolutely. I'm sorry, I should have said that earlier. But I think that's a really important caveat to discuss as we move forward. Right. Mm-hmm. I would assume maybe he has autism or something similar. He's just not very good in social situations or understanding social cues. But then he returns 
from the police department and he be he decides he wants to investigate the death of the dog because it's now a murder mystery and he's into that he's really into that and so he has to write a book for one of his classes and he mm-hmm. decides that this would be the perfect story for his special special education class and his teacher tells him to write a book and this is the first thing that comes to mind since that's kind of what he would like to read what he's into reading he reads detective novels and um, so that's what interests him so he starts investigating he interviews his neighbors he goes back to mrs shear's home she gets mad at him obviously and she feels like he's just poking around and threatens to call the police. After this, his dad realizes what he's doing and urges him to stay out of other people's business. Don't go asking about the dog. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't go bothering people about Mr. Welling or uh, Wellington. But of course, he doesn't listen. He really wants to figure out what happened to the dog. So the majority of the first half of the book is him trying to figure out and uncover clues and what he, after he promises his dad that he's not going to ask around anymore, another neighbor, Mrs. Alexander, I believe, she notices him when he's out in the town and walks with him and accidentally lets it slip that he should know why his father doesn't want him talking to Miss Shears or asking about, asking around about him. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Shear are now divorced for a few years, and he doesn't understand why he should know that his dad doesn't like her. And it comes out that his mother had an affair with Mr. Shears before she passed away. So... Yes, she, they're walking in the park and Christopher finds out that, you know, his mom and his neighbor had had an affair and she then proceeded to have a heart attack afterwards, as far as we've been led to believe. Um, she's been dead for years. And so he, it's important to note, does not break any of the promises that he's made his father. So when his father says, don't ask about Mr. Shears, Christopher doesn't. He just asks different questions. Or if he says, like, don't investigate the dog, Christopher doesn't. He asks other questions. So he's very (laughs) literal in his promises, and I feel like that's a pretty convenient way to get around um, things. But he gets all this information, and he puts it into his book that he's writing, and he shows it to his teacher, and the teacher's like, have you told your dad you know? And he said no. She goes, I'd keep it that way. Well, then one day he forgets about the book, Leaves on his dining room table and his dad finds it. His dad's super angry with him. Tells him that he told him to drop it. Keep his nose out of other people's business. Um, and he throws the book in the trash, but also gets into a physical altercation with Christopher, where Christopher blacks out and can't remember what happens. Um, but he does have a mark on his face because of it. Um, so the next day, Christopher is like, well, he, I'm going to go get my book. He can't find it in the trash, so he assumes his dad has hid it in the house. Um, He has to wait a while, but then he finds the book in his dad's closet in a box um, 
where he also happens to find letters from his mom, who, again, has been dead up until this point. Um, turns out she writes him letters because she's very much alive, living in London with Mr. Shears. Um, and this sends Christopher into a panic attack, um, kind of into shutdown. And so his, his father comes home, sees that he's found the letters, and he's really concerned because Christopher isn't talking. He's just kind of, like, silent, sitting there. Um, so he runs in the bath and all these um, things, trying to help Christopher get out of his um, state that he is in. And then mm -hmm. he, he just talks a lot. I think this is a point where his father talks nonstop, almost too much. Um, he's crying. And he tells Christopher, you know, like, I, I just, I wanted to help you. When I told you when she went to the hospital, like, I, there's just no getting out of it because I know how you are. You know, I try not to lie to you, but it's the, it's, it's the best I could do. I'm trying to be a good father. Um, and in this same conversation, he tells his son, Christopher, that he is the one who killed Wellington. Um, because he thought Mrs. Shears reciprocated his feelings because after his, their, their spouses ran away together, um, she came over a lot and made dinner. She said some not very nice things. We don't know what those are, but I'm assuming they're about Christopher. And he kicks her, it kicks him out of the house, him being the father. And the dog, her dog, Wellington, bites him. So he grabs a pitchfork and shoves it yeah, in. Yeah, and Christopher so is basically in a catatonic state at this point. To a frenzy. Mm hmm. It is important to note that earlier in the story, Christopher had mentioned that he knows his father's lo father loves him because he gets him out of trouble, he takes care of him, and he always tells him the truth. So up to this point, he's already mentioned that that is criteria of loving someone in his mind. And so after he finds out that his father has lied to him and that he's capable of murder, Christopher's, Christopher's has completely lost his way and he, his, his dad's lost credibility in his eyes. He just feels like his father is dangerous and could snap at any time and, and, and hurt me. So I've got to get out of here. Christopher, once he kind of wakes up and realizes what's going on, um, he sneaks out of the house and sleeps in the shed, and he remembers from reading the letters that his mother wrote him, he remembers that she lives in London. So he makes the decision that he is going to pack up his things, so some of his food from his special food box, um, and his Swiss army knife, and his rat Toby, and some rat food. He's going to load all this up in his coat, and first he goes over to Mrs. Alexander's house, and he asks her if she'll watch Toby. Uh, but she proceeds to tell him that she doesn't think that's a very good idea um, and that they probably just need to talk to his father and, and figure things out. Well, he doesn't like that. So he proceeds to go towards his school and he's going to go talk to Siobhan at his school. But then he sees his father's van and decides that he's just going to have to get on the train and go. So he manages with the help of um, a kind woman on the street and then with the help of a police officer um, he manages to get himself a ticket. Um, he steals his father's bank card, I should note. Um, he takes his father's bank card, he gets himself a ticket, and he gets on the train to London. Um, 
and he is on there as soon as he gets on there the cop finds him and says hey christopher your father is looking for you let's get you off of here but then it's too late and the doors close they head towards the next stop so as they're heading towards the next stop christopher realizes that he has to go to the bathroom and he ends up going to the bathroom on the train which is hugely uncomfortable for him because he doesn't like going to the bathroom other where other people have been um which totally fair public restrooms are disgusting but then after he uses the bathroom, he decides that he is going to hide behind some of the suitcases on one of the racks. So he stays there and the police officer doesn't see him, thinks that he's already gotten off the train and the police officer gets off the train. He continues riding the train all the way to London. Um, and whenever he gets off at the station, he gets some help from uh, people who work there and finds his way into the tube. So the London underground system. And a woman tries to explain to him how to get where he needs to go to where his mom is at. And after about five hours, um, he figures it out. He figures out what which lines he needs to take. And at one point, Toby jumps out of his pocket and jumps onto the rails. He jumps down. He rescues Toby. But then he gets stuck and the man has to pull him out. He proceeds to hit the man because he doesn't like being touched. And then he sits there and waits for the next train to come. He gets on the train. And he manages to get all the way to where his mother lives. And he finds his way to her street. She and Mr. Shears are not home. So he waits in their garden for them to get home. And then whenever they do get home, he kind of explains a little bit about, you know, I thought you were dead. Father told me you were dead. And asks to stay with them for a while. He's basically decided he's moving in with his mother. Um, and there's nothing really that can be done about it. So his mother is incredibly excited, but she's also very flustered um, because she's forgotten a lot of the things that he's particular about. Things that are, you know, he likes certain colors, not others. Um, he doesn't like being touched, that kind of thing, certain foods. And she's kind of forgotten that. But then she and Mr. Shears start fighting. Uh, Mr. Shears is very unhappy with the new addition to their little family. And one day, mother and Christopher load up and head back to they're the city that father is in because Christopher is really upset. He wants to sit for his A math course or A math course um, because he knows he can do really well on it. And it's really important to him that he takes the test and he gets an A grade because no one else in his school has ever done that. So they go back to their home and in that they um, they have an interaction with the father and things start to kind of move in a different direction from there. The book ends with Christopher's parents trying to navigate a new chapter of their lives. Mr. Shears and um, his mother, Judy, in their relationship, she moves back to the hometown. Um, Judy gets her own apartment, and Christopher comes to stay with her yet he still gets gets to stay at his school and continue with his A-level math and stay. His father and Christopher began working on their relationship to try to build that trust back up. So we leave Christopher with this new dynamic in his life as he, you know, tries to move on and help their relationship grow after this turmoil 
his father does go ahead and present him with a present of a golden retriever that Christopher ends up naming Sandy. So we just, we leave Christopher trying to figure out this new way of life um, that he's found himself in after the, the events of the book take place. But I think that's it if you guys want to join us tomorrow as we dive deeper into the, cur- the characters and ideas of the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime. But um, BRB for now. Absolutely. BRB. BRB.